All right, welcome back to another episode of The Crease Dive. Today is Thursday, February 29th. Happy leap year or leap day. Yeah. Nest, how are you feeling? How was your week? How are you feeling? Saw you at the birthday party last week. Yeah, um, weird. Oddly enough, uh, you told me at the birthday party that you had had the flu. I haven't felt great since the birthday party. Um, oh, I didn't have the birthday party at the flu. I was feeling fire that, that week. I, I, I know you were. I know you were just coincidental. Um, Dukes was feeling at the party. I had a great night that night. Um, so that was, that was a fun night, but you know, I'm hanging in there just, just a little under the weather, but I can't stop us from talking a little lacrosse. I believe McCabe Millen on this episode. So shout out him for coming on. Dude, Damn, that so, was a spoiler. I thought, I thought that was the intro. No, I'm just joking. Fucking with you. I was I'm like, trying to I'm, see that COVID brain. I was like, Jesus, I just ruined everything. No, yeah, so, so he'll be on. Yeah, we got a great episode with McCabe Mellon. Great interview. Um, if you want to fast forward, don't. Go fuck yourself. Why would you ever do that? <laughs> Listen to the entire thing. But yeah, he was awesome. Uh, great personality. Great kid. Great lacrosse player. Um, I think that I, I would own him in net though, right? Like I feel like the number one lacrosse recruiter, the number one freshman. I think I think kind he'd, of have hard, by he'd have a hard time getting some past you. Yeah. I didn't want to put him on the spot, um, but – but yeah, I'm taking Dukes there. So if McCabe listens to this one back and he makes it this far without yep. listening to the interview part, McCabe will have to set it up. If Dukes doesn't want to get in the goal, challenge, goal I, challenge, I volunteer his tribute. All right, Ness, let's actually go into that really quick. I know people are going to want to hear our thoughts on like last weekend's games. Look, we're not going to go game by game anymore. Um, we're going to talk about the big games. You know, I feel like once we go to two episodes a week or later on in the year, we'll kind of do, you know, go re- one episode recap, one episode preview, but. Who really wants to listen to stuff like that happened basically a week ago? But let's talk topic number one. Did you see this 46-year-old dad from like North Texas that's playing MCA lacrosse right now? Yes, unbelievable. Uh, basically what I aspire to be, if I had any eligibility left, uh, I would be doing the exact same thing, same thing as him. Um, I just think it's crazy that he's playing goalie. Um, you and I both know playing goalie sucks. It's the worst position all, all of sports. Um so for him to be doing it at 46, having these 18 to 22, 23-year-olds, especially at the club level, you know, there's some good skill there. But, you know, some guys can bring that heat and may not have the most accuracy. So hats off to him for <laughs> Dukes pulling – for those watching, Dukes just pulled it up on yeah. the screen. 46-year-old – 46 uh, – wait, also, let's just do some math here really quick, all right? Rory Pop Sanders, 46, is playing goalie for North Texas – this season after enrolling at the school this academic year. He was convinced to join the team by his sons, Wes, a 20-year-old midfielder, and Ethan, a 23-year-old defensive coach. Told him to come – so his son is his coach. Yeah, correct, correct. His, his, I believe his eldest son is his coach, and um, I think that's one of the funniest things ever um, to come off the sidelines and uh, you're chopping up in the huddle and your son's kind of the one controlling it. Um, I think we're going to need to – at least reach out to this guy for comment or do our best to get in contact with him. Um, I've heard from people on the internet. His DMs are open. I believe he's answering DMs. We might have to hit him up. But should we hit him up live? Should we hit him up live right now? Yeah, hit him, hit him up and see see if uh, see if we can get a comment out of him or if he's got some time to hop on hop on the bot. He's I, I got to tip my cap to him, dude. It's it's so gritty. Uh, people can say all they want, and you know. Um, you know, people can say, oh, he's old, it's stupid, it's club. It's just that the guy's playing the cross. He's getting a degree, I believe. 
and he's playing with his son. He's playing alongside one of his sons, and then he's being coached by the other son. So that's just if if there was a gritty gritty version of Cursed of the Week, it's got to be that guy. He might even need to hop into the honorable mention. Thank you for reminding me. That's uh, that's something. Again, forty six years old, still playing college lacrosse. I, I I have nothing but respect. Yeah, I said I'd tuck five by Buddy so fast he'd be he'd be in the nursing home. Some people were like trying, like thought I was serious. I think it's very fucking cool. I think it's an amazing story, a resilient story. I mean, but like, if you can't make a nursing home joke anymore for a forty-six-year-old goalie yeah. in MCA lacrosse, and like, that's not a world that I want to live in. I, 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 I agree. I mean, if anyone took that one to heart, um, die. That, that's a little much. He's die. I'm sure he's heard a lot worse. Um, from trolls on the internet or people on the field. And I'm sure at the same time, I doubt any of that shit bothers him. He, he's a full-on dad. Um, I don't think he's letting comments from uh, anyone really on the internet or on the field get to him. I think he's just out there because he loves the game. And that's yeah. so sick. Yeah, he, we, ha- we, we do the lacrosse podcast once a week, er, like on Rumble, on YouTube, everywhere every you want to listen. And that guy likes lacrosse way more than I do. 100%. Not even up for debate. Speaking of a 46-year-old that won't give up lacrosse, let's switch some gears. Philadelphia Water Dogs coach Andy Copeland. Out. Gone. Stepping Out. Down. Stepping down. Um, any thoughts initially on Copeland stepping down? So I, I was sort of curious as to what made him step down. I wasn't sure, uh, you know, whether it was – you know, some internal stuff, or if he just didn't want to coach anymore. Uh, Dukes quickly informed me, um, you know, he could be said. I don't know that. I don't know. That's not, that's, that's not a fact. That's not a fact. Don't don't quote me on that fucking shit. Nestle ever fucking again. This is bullshit. When you get all heated at me, when I'm trying to say, I was going to say, he informed me that there was a possibility that he was trying to watch his kids and, you know, his, his kids are getting older and stuff like that. So, but who knows? Again, uh, who not quoting Googs, nothing, Thank nothing you. is fact. Thank you. But uh, just opened my eyes a little bit that maybe it wasn't some sort of, you know, nonsense behind the scene, and maybe he just wants to go enjoy, enjoy more time on his own. Especially the, the PLL takes up a big chunk of your summer. Um, I believe it's like overall, if you're on the team, probably three, four full days of the week um, between travel and whatnot. So uh, maybe he just wants to spend some more time with his family, and we'll see. Who do you? You got any? prospects for who you think is going to step up into that role yeah but before that i think that it could be you know it could be summer it could be traveling could be the wife you know classic classic woman as we know with the girlfriends bitching in your ear being like you're watching too much lacrosse you're spending too much time with lacrosse fuck that no i'm kidding um yeah but i don't know you know copeland is i think for my money he came into the league set up an expansion team struggled his first year in the bubble but you want to talk about a quick turnaround. He was the number one seed the next year. Got lost to the Whipsnakes, who ended up winning it all. Comes back, wins the championship, loses in the championship, takes his team to the championship series championship, and <laughs> he loses. Look, the one thing that I'll say is when I talked to him at champ series, it didn't seem like a guy that was retiring. Well, it didn't seem like he was giving his goodbyes to me, you know, because I feel like the me and him have kind of grown to have a relationship at this point. So that that kind of took me aback. And look, I'm not the type of lacrosse guy that will necessarily dive in for like finding out the intricacies of someone's life and like why why they're leaving. So could it be something that just wants to just stay at home with the family? For sure. Could it be something else? A hundred percent. Do you think it's weird? 
I do think it's weird. The one thing is that he signed all these guys recently, long term. You know, he just signed uh, Dylan Ward. It seems like Scarpello on Twitter just now is drinking and eating wings alone. So like, clearly the guys weren't really informed at Champ Series. So I think this was kind of a, a blindside and a shock to a bunch of people, including myself. So something of a clearly some something happened from Champ Series to now, in my opinion. And I don't know what that is. But that, that's just my reading between the lines. I think it's good analysis, I like, too. I like, the way, I like the way you think, Dukes. Um, I might have to uh, I might have to get Scarp on the line and see if he's got any insider intel for us. But knowing him, he'll keep it in-house. That's a that's a guy's guy right there. Right? That, and that's the culture that that's the culture that that Copeland built. And I will say we'll talk about some guys that prospects for who who should take over as the uh, the head coach, but for my money, since since Copeland came into the league. Who's the best GM and the best coach? And I think right now maybe Holman has the uh, is, is just stepped up into that. But yeah, I think that Copeland was it's 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 a big big loss for the league. I think that's that's all I'll say. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna I know I'm gonna miss him personally. He's a great guy, great coach. So yeah, let's just dive into it. I know he's gonna be a part of the coach search. It's kind of late, you know. If you think about it, like it's March, so. April, May. It's like they have two months until training camp. Memorial Day is way closer than he thinks. So who's who's some, who's some people that stand out to you that you think the water dog should hire? And it's got to be somebody that can keep the culture that he's built. Do they keep it in-house? I mean, this is a little bit of a soccer one, but I, 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 know, I, I know it's been done in some sports and some movies, but It'd be great to see, you know, D. Mitty, Scarpello hop into a player coach role. Um, but at the same time, realistically speaking, I don't know if I have any any names on deck um, to, to fill that role, at least with the question you're asking, with to keep that same culture. I think every coach is different. I think he sort of built that culture, and the guys who are in the locker room, the players on the team are going to do their best to keep, you know, the good versions of what he instilled in them. Uh, but I think whatever coach comes in there is kind of going to do, kind of going to do it their own way. Um, I'm curious if an assistant uh, from another team is going to pop over, if they're going to, um, you know, bring up one of their assistants. Um, I'm personally not too sure how the whole head coach free agency works in in the PLL. I think this is relatively new territory. I wonder if we can get a number on how many head coaches have stepped down slash been like switched around or fired. Um, the league's so new that it's just not – it's not easy to tell. Do you want me to tell um, you? Yeah, you go ahead. All, do you want me to go through all of them for you? Yeah, hit me up. Okay, fine. We'll look at the original coaches. You had John Paul Adams, the first Michigan coach who coached the MCLA. He was gone. And then they hired Ben Rubior, and he did great at first. You know, got the Atlas a shit ton of those draft picks, but something happened there. N- then it became uh, Mike Pressler, who, you know – Maybe has like one or two more seasons, honestly, with that trajectory. And then you look at the Chrome. Do you know the Chrome's first head coach? Well, they're no longer with us, but do you know the Chrome's first head coach? Legend. Nope. Don Starshay. Oh, he was stuck, stunk in the league. Stunk. Yeah, we were just talking about his NIL comments a little bit. Um, Yeah, I don't know. No spoilers, but no spoilers. Maybe, a little, maybe a little trailer. Maybe a little trailer. Yeah, maybe maybe a little trailer. So yeah, Dom, <laughs> Star- yeah, Dom Um, And then you had Sudan. Sudan took over for him. 
and then you had Copeland, then you had just Nat St. Laurent, and then you had just Chris Bates. That might be it. Let me just pause really quick and just look at the teams. And then you had just Stagnita, and then you just had uh, Towers. So, yeah, you, ju- you just had – I think there's a couple turnovers. The, the Atlas have the most. They're on their third head coach, and the Atlas are on their second, who were originally the Chrome. But, yeah. Oh, and the Cannons. The Cannons had Quirk, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Now, now they have Holman. So that was, the, that was the last one. But, yeah, there's been a couple. You know, I think it's also tough. I mean, like, look, you're telling families to – dads are telling grandpas to take away time from their family to travel every single weekend. It's tough. And to do that for a long time, it's a big sacrifice. You know, I just saw a quote yesterday. It's like, you know, you get, you're lucky. You get 75 summers, you get 75 winters, you get 75 summers, take advantage of every single one. So like, you know, at some point it's like, how many times do I want to take a fucking flight going from LaGuardia to Dallas to coach lacrosse? And do I want? I want to sit, like just sit on the fucking beach and have a nice Corona in my hand uh, while watching lacrosse on like my iPhone because you literally watch PLL everywhere. Thank you to ESPN Plus. But um, yeah, that, that was just one thought I had. I think I think for the Water Dogs, you know, I think that in, in the offseason we're talking NFL. Bill Belichick got a lot of rumors to Philly, and you know they got shot away. They kept Sirianni. Is that what everyone meant? Is Bill Belichick going to be the coach of the Philadelphia Water Dogs? I have a real question for you, Dukes. What do you think in the real-life percentages is the percent chance that Bill Belichick would or possibly could coach in the PLL? We assistant, assistant, GM, something? Yeah, like be be involved in the league at like a higher level than just a fan. What do you think that person – I know you're a Patriots guy. I know you're a Belichick guy. What, let's, let's be realistic here. What are you going to put the Dukes percentage at? Legitimately at some point. 45. I I love it. I don't think that's I don't think that's that crazy. My brother was in uh Steve Bell, I believe Steve Belichick's like recruiting class. And my dad would see Bill Belichick at all these summer lacrosse tournaments. He'd pop in, pop out. He was just another lacrosse dad at those tournaments, wearing his hat low, his sunglasses. So you know he loves it. You've seen him even when the when the championships are in Foxborough, he's always popping out. Usually when Tufts is there, he's back back in the boys from up there. I know he's a Wesleyan guy. Um, Rabel has said it on PMT that like he thinks that Belichick has expressed interest in coaching at some point. I firmly believe it. I think that you know if it comes to a point where like there's a GM role and there's uh, a head coach role, like I couldn't see him taking on the full responsibility of being a head coach and GM. I don't think I could see him having like a volunteer assistant role. I could see him having a larger role like that. Yeah, um, I, I'm just happy to hear that percentage because I know you're not pu- pulling my, t- ooh, pulling my chain or anything. That's a high percentage. I and almost I'm, went fifty. I almost I'm, went fifty. The I'm, only reason I'm going below fifty is because I think at this point, like, if he gets hired by an NFL team next year, you're basically closing out the next five years. Yeah, he's not going for like a farewell tour in the NFL. If he's going, he's he's sticking around. He's he's trying to make a couple more runs. I mean. Like, could I see him on like the like the cannons? And you know, they're they're located in Boston. Yeah, and he could, he could still like go to the cannons game and then go to Nantucket. And you know, this is when they, we're not touring anymore. Like, yeah, I could talk myself into that. That'd be something. It'd be you'd have to be if Belichick became a coach. Would it or part of an organization? Would it be the easiest decision of your life to officially 
announce your fandom for that team? Because I know right now you're you're a free agent if I if I'm remembering correctly, Dukes. Uh like or are you? For for fandom of the PLL? Yeah. I don't know. Like I, again, like I'm I'm fluid. I mean, I'm like non-binary when it comes to uh like PLL teams. Really, whoever just gives me gear and is and yeah and like who's nice to me on at All Star Weekend, <laughs> like player wise, like I can be re- re- swung very easily. I'm not like like people like if you win me money when I bet on you and you're a good guy to me and you don't like treat me like uh like a make a wish character, you know, just like. I don't know, like you know, you, we get some cool access to these players, but like, yeah, like I, I, I could be very easily swung. Like, I, just get me merch from like your social team and buy me a beer if you see me at a bar, and like, I basically will be in debt for you for the rest of my life. <laughs> I'll go to war, like, dude, the water dogs, I'd go to war for because basically, like, they just like bought me beer, nice to me, and they got me merch, and they were like, it's sick, and like, yeah, I feel, I feel for them, but yeah, I think Belichick is one. Uh, like legitimately, that could like you, you'll see thrown out there for Water Dogs. I don't know how serious it is. Besides that, there's you, you have to think it's going to be like a high school coach, a fire college coach. Um, I I can't think like you know do you call up like an assistant coach like Bocklet or Rob Sis? Do you, you don't poach anyone from like a different team. I think that's weird. Um, can you? But like, I wonder if you can. I feel like it happens. Like, I don't know how contracts work with, like, even in the NFL, I don't know, like, you get these assistants that go and become head coaches elsewhere. Like, I feel like their contracts aren't like players where you have to wait till a certain year. I feel like if you get a head coaching offer, you can just kind of be like, I'm out. Like, if one of the assistants for, let's say, the Whip Snakes or the, the Outlaws got the call, I almost feel like it'd be wrong for them not to be able to be like, yeah, I'll go be the head coach. Like, here's a name. Want me to throw out a name that I just came to my mind? Hit me. And I'm not, you know what? I think this is going to fucking happen now that I talk about it. I'm like pretty, it's going to be Steve DiNapoli, captain of the Water Dogs, was on the first team. He he won a championship with them. He has head coaching experience in high school. He's a smart fucking D-Mitty. He's a leader. He has respect in that locker room. The players still love him. I think that Steve DiNapoli could easily become the head coach of the Water Dogs next year. And I, I think it. that that's, I am so bought into that. And I'll fucking say this. If, he, if they hire him, that's a championship year one. Wow, I mean, I've not, I watched the light bulb explode in your head right there. Yeah, and 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 you think I'm bullshitting? I'm fucking not like that. I don't. That, you have one right move right now if you're Copeland and you're like in the and and it is to do everything you can to get to Napoli. Now that will be hard because I bet you part of the reason Napoli retired was so he had more time away from the cross and away from like traveling and the same reason I just said. But seriously, like if they want to make a splash, if they want to make the right hire. It, it's him. Um, all right, so going off that, that's a lot of PLL talk. Um, let's just cover some games that awesome. happened last week. Maryland beat Princeton. Who the fuck cares? We saw that coming. Actually, Harvard Bucknell was a sick game at Westport. A lot of games have been like at Staples High School in Westport. Beautiful stadium. I kind of like that. Like, so like you don't have to make teams like travel too much. It's like a neutral field. Don't hate that. But yeah, Harvard had like a game winner with like seven minutes to go. Um, Hopkins beat North Carolina 13 to 9. Do you have any thoughts on that game? I mean, I, I feel like I've sort of been a big Hopkins pusher. I feel like we talked about it early in the season when they came out the gates firing against Denver and they dropped that game. I think Hopkins is just a, a good team. I don't think they've been I don't think they've been the normal Hopkins team the last, you know, three, four years. I don't think they've you know brought that fire. 
and this year I think they are. I think that's a good win for them. You know, you saw young Petromala put a couple in for UNC, which was just cool to see. But that Hopkins seems real. I, I, I love Coach Crawley down there keeping that offense in order. And you got Chase Erland and Nett. You can hold a team under 10, you know. That's a that's a good lacrosse team right there. So I'm all I'm on board the Hopkins train. I do too, and I I think that defense is legit. Um, obviously, when you have someone like Chase Erland, like a fifth year uh, backstopper who's been to had success uh, making runs in the tournament, just makes all the difference in the world. Um, and we'll, I think- and we'll see this. We'll see this weekend. We got Hopkins, Virginia. We'll see how legit Hopkins is for real, and we'll see if our our guy. That's that that's that's a test. Yeah, yeah that that's a test. I love it. Shout out to Providence for beating Brown 12-11 also. You, you, uh, you were all over that. Yeah, but I was also very wrong about these next two games. Virginia beat Ohio State 14-8, to did not cover that spread. Um, did you cut in and out? You say? No, I said I said we covered. That was the game we, we didn't see eye to eye on. Uh, got by by the skin of our teeth. I think it was seven and a half. Yeah, um, you know, I like I, I like those big spreads. I like the ones that people are scared to take. But you know, I mean, McCabe three and three, Shelley two and three, Cormy three points, Griffin shots like Jack Boyd and Joey Terenzi. They just fucking light up. Does, does Boyden shoot the ball normally? And this is no, no slander. He, I'm not even trying to slander. It's just like, does he shoot the ball like normally ever? I feel like every Fucking highlight I see this kid. It's a twister. It's a behind the back. It's a shovel. I can't get that one-hander from last year out of my fucking head. Um, I feel like all he does is score just like unorthodox goals, which is you know yeah. all the more power. Gross lacrosse players do gross things, and he's <laughs> – Shout out. Uh, we got to give a shout out to the Jersey boys, NJIT. 5-0. Yeah, NJIT 5-0. Uh, very, very impressive. It's one of the hardest. I think it's for the for my money hardest place in the coach uh, in the country to coach. Let's talk about this game, though, Ernest. All right, like, and then we'll get into the McCabe Millen interview, okay? And then we'll finish up with some previews. But let's talk about this one. We got Georgetown eleven, Notre Dame ten overtime. Thoughts? Big upset. Thoughts initially? Um, Georgetown, a lot tougher than I thought they were um, to hold Notre Dame to 10. That's really fucking good. Um, but on top of it, I mean, Notre Dame had a chance to win it. Uh, you know, in that overtime, they had the ball. I, I don't know who shot it, but you, you can't shoot a BTV in overtime when you're running past GLE. Um, easy to say for Georgetown, they went down and pumped it in and I don't want to tell those Notre Dame boys how to play defense, but you got it. You got to slide eventually. Kids scored from like 11 yards out. You've won the best goalies in the country. You know, make the other team pass the rock to let a kid just run around and then just slip by the short stick. Um, and I thought it was kind of a – that's going to be a sour taste in Notre Dame's mouth, but at the same time, that's kind of what you might need. I think now they're more dangerous than they would have been if they had rolled Georgetown there. Yeah, I agree. I agree, and I think that has, it has nothing to do. It, this has zero indictment. Like, I, people are tweeting at me. Like, I don't. Yeah, no. You know what? I don't believe in Georgetown. Okay, like I think they'll make the yeah. tournament. I think that they'll do what they what they do every year. They drop a game that they shouldn't drop. They win a game that they shouldn't win. They'll fucking roll in the Big East. They'll probably split with Denver. They'll make the fucking tournament. They'll lose. Like, 
by like four goals or three goals, like kind of fight with them in the first half and lose by four goals. And people will be like, oh, wow, they're so close. Next year, they'll make the final four. Georgetown is who Georgetown is. And look, I can't stand, you know, Jordy, Jordy had this take. Let me, I'll, I'll pull up, I'll pull up Georgetown's celebration, but you know, the ugliest defense in the world by Notre Dame. That short stick D Mitty was just chasing stick all fucking day. Didn't put a body on him. Gave him the fucking center of the field. Squared up. Gave Entman no fucking chance. And Entman's my favorite goalie in the country, but he did not play like the best goalie in the country on Sunday. I, I think that Georgetown just kind of wanted it more. They were the hungry dogs run faster. But this, I think that's a good loss for Notre Dame. They can't really they can't really afford to drop anymore, but they will be fine when it's all said and done, especially with the gauntlet that the ACC has. Um, but like people want to be like, oh, you you don't know ball. Georgetown's gonna Georgetown's gonna, something to be d- d- dangerous about. Like they're not gonna make the fucking Final Four. They're not. If they are, I'll shave my fucking head. Whoa! All right, I believe me. I'm with you, Dukes. I'm not gonna put my hair on the line because I don't have much of it. But no, I think. It's not even disrespectful to Georgetown to say that. It's more so just a tip of the cap to the teams like Notre Dame, Virginia, you know. Army, Syracuse. Like like Duke, Notre Dame, and Virginia. I don't – I think you made a take like this last year that those three teams are going to be in the Final Four. And I'd almost be willing to bet – I wish there was a way I could bet that. If there is on DraftKings, you know, let me know. I'll be the first one to bet it. But – those three teams are almost, in in my eyes, in a different tier. I think Syracuse, Cornell, and teams like that are, are an army are right underneath them, and then Georgetown's kind of just there. I, I, and I'm not even trying to disrespect Georgetown. It's just I feel like it is what it is, and I'm just calling it like I see it. Are you about to show the the viewers the the celebration or the defense or both? We'll show, we'll show both. We'll put it with sound for the people that are listening on audio. Thank you to everyone again. This is actually a reminder. Right now, before we play this clip, take two fucking seconds. Subscribe on YouTube. Open up your phone. Now steal yep. your mom's phone. Get her to subscribe to us on YouTube. Subscribe to us on Rumble. Press like. Throw us a comment. Throw us a like. Show us some love. Appreciate you guys. But here's the game-winning goal in Georgetown. I don't think we have any sound, by the way, Dukes. Just letting you know. It's on my end. Oh, I mean, I, I <laughs> they cut the celly out there. No, Ness, give me a second to break this down. <laughs> give me a second to cook. Here's where I stand. One, Kevin Warren's outfit was fucking fire. The only down part about that is that you have to like now be the guy that dresses cool on the sidelines for the rest of your career, which is a lot of fucking pressure. <laughs> Three. I agree with Jordy. It's like, he's like, save it for the locker room. Like it's not, it's, it's February, like chill. It's not many people are like, Oh, we can't have fun anymore. Fun police. You can't do that. You're fucking Georgetown for the past couple of years. You're like, put some respect on our names. Like we're right there with the top dogs. We're an elite program. We're like with Duke Hopkins, blah, blah, blah. Like they want to act like there's some premier program, like top dogs. You think Duke would have celebrated like that after beating Notre Dame? Like you can have fun, you can be wild, you can like be chest bumping and stuff. Like I don't know if he like did, did it on purpose or not to like do like the tumble and whatever. Like that's where I was kind of out on. I'm happy for the players, save it for the locker room. But like I, I don't. Do you hear what I'm saying at all? It's like 
if you want to be with the top dogs, you don't really like storm the court or like have that whole, you know, act like you kind of been there before. I think here's here's what I'll say. I don't think the players the player celebration in my eyes was fine. I mean, oh, 100%. Not every totally great. Every team that wins in overtime is going to storm the field. 100%. Uh, the coach the coach going down, I think it was a little bit of an athletic accident, you know, where he went down but he was able to sort of scoop himself up in one motion, kind of made it look, you know, like a little bit of a celebration. Um, I can see where you're coming from, but I just didn't – I didn't look at it and think, holy shit, these guys are, you know, they're celebrating like they won the national championship. But at the same time, I see what you mean. You know, Duke, the, the Duke coaches are certainly not going to celebrate like that. So I agree with you there. Um I hear what you're saying, and I don't know. I don't know how accidental, like, or if it was just like he was trying to like celebrate, but like the tumble, being like, oh, like I was just like, yeah. oh, dude, like you guys were supposed <laughs> to win it all next last year. Like you guys were like number two in the country last year. You guys were in the quarterfinals with like Caraway and them, and you guys got fucking blown blown out by Virginia. It's their quarterfinals merchants, like, and you know, I tweeted that like they'll never like yeah, you can celebrate now because you won't celebrate Memorial Day weekend. So like, get your celebrations in now if that's the type of program you want to be. Act like you're Jacksonville beating Duke. Oh well, Jacksonville's dead. I I just we had to yeah, Jacksonville's dead. That was the one game where we were on together. Uh, all right, I guess the last game that we'll touch on because I just remembered because uh, it didn't happen over the weekend. It just happened over our shoulder actually on the interview with McCabe Millen. Army down Syracuse at the dome. Great game, explosive game. Didn't really catch the game like the game winner yet. I guess we can. I'll pull it up maybe actually since we have we have that option. Um, but I was watching a little bit of him before the interview. Here we go. Want to watch it together? Yeah, yeah. Let's see. It. I haven't seen it either. Oh my God! He just rocked him just back and forth. And you know what? That's so tough. Syracuse, Gary Gate. You know, I talked. I used to talk shit about Syracuse. I love actually watching this team. It's a shame that they lost two fucking heartbreakers. Was their first first one? Maryland was in overtime too, right? Yeah, that was the one we talked about when they they the, the call was no goal. They got it reviewed, and then they came out and just fell asleep on the ride. And it's got a. I've I've played a lot of overtime games. I've lost them to be at that level, to play in that setting, to carry the torch the way Syracuse has to carry it, and to lose heartbreakers that it just has to hurt more. Um, I'm still in on Syracuse. You know, we're we're a sneaky Spelina podcast. Um, well, that so, changed. I mean, we may be a Millen podcast. Might be a Millen podcast now. I mean, we can be both. I wonder. I feel like those. I feel like those. We're guys, a lacrosse podcast for sure. Yeah, we're, we're we're just we're just fans of the game, especially the super 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 nasty kids who are all under twenty years old. Um, yeah, yeah, we, we're grooming <laughs> America. <yeah. laughs> like if you're if you're like like Schellenberger, you know he he's done it all, but he's like almost too close to us in age. We're like you know we'll just we'll just shoot yeah, for Spillane and Millen. Too old. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you can buy oh, a do you beer. Have a co- oh, you have a COVID year? Too old for me, buddy. <laughs> yeah, and, I, and I'm like the biggest fan of COVID years, but you got to draw the line somewhere. But um, no, they, those, those guys in Syracuse are definitely hurting, but I'm not I'm not worried about Cuse. I feel like they lost those two games to two really, really good fucking teams. Uh, Maryland, you know, 
bandwagon and Army. I think Army's been on a lot of people's radar this year to, to watch out. Kind of seen them a lot um, on Twitter. It's like sneaky team to make the Final Four, like sneaky team to win it all. Um, I yeah, I, mentioned- I'd like to say that. Sorry sorry to interrupt you really quick. But at what point yeah. is a sneaky team not a sneaky team when everyone picks a sneaky team to win the sneaky championship? I feel like you're 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 a sneaky team unless you're one of those those I guess blue bloods that we talk about. Like if you're not Duke, Syracuse, Virginia, Notre Dame, or Hopkins, you're almost a sneaky team. Is Georgetown like a sneaky team? Like, yeah, like Georgetown sneaky. Like Georgetown. See, see that's sneaky. it. That's it. If you want to be a fucking sneaky team, Georgetown. That's exactly right now. So you just fucking light bulb went off. If you want to be a sneaky team, you can celebrate like that. But sneaky teams don't celebrate like that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean the boys in the the army boys were ripping their gear off and run down the field. I respect it. I mean, well, no, that's like being excited after an overtime game. I'm not shitting on the fucking Georgetown players. The Georgetown players can celebrate however the fuck they want. They're they're playing. I just thought the coaches like the coach has been there for so long that he's the one that's like built up this program. Like these players should be excited when they get a big big win over the number one team in the country. It's just like. Yeah. I don't know. I thought that the the Georgetown coach like Warren like doing like flips and turns on the field was just a little fucking weird. And again, it could yeah. have been accidental and I take everything back, but like from my point of view, I was like, oh, that was a little weird. Yeah, dope dope ass fit though, just to be clear, like Duke said. Dope ass fit. All right. <laughs> Let's move this over along a little bit. Up next, we have our interview with McCabe Millen. All right, here we are with McCabe Millen, freshman attackman from the University of Virginia. McCabe, thanks for your, for your time. How's it going? Oh, it's going great. How are you, Dukes? How you doing? Good, man. Not like not too shabby at all. Congrats on uh, success so far in your freshman year. Appreciate um, it. Some excited stuff. The date is February 28th, by the way. Um, we're recording on Wednesday, and Michigan is still trying to figure out how to stop you on the picks. <laughs> that was that was one of the funniest things I think that I saw this season so far. Um, they, they, they were just struggling so much, but how, how has it been at Virginia so far for you? Oh, it's been awesome. Uh, I mean, this place has been so, so sick so far. Um, you know, I think the, one of my favorite things about it is just like, you know, how you can get everything, you know, it's great school, great lacrosse, you know, great social life. So, uh, it's been a lot of fun so far and, um, you know, just so grateful of the guys on the team, like such great guys. And, um, it's been a lot of fun so far. Yeah. You were the number one recruit coming out of high school and, it's become a trend. I know your brother's the number one kid in the class of 25. He's going to Virginia as well. Is there some sort of cult where every single number one like person that's ranked by Ty Sanders inside the cross is just like, yeah, we have to go to Virginia? And what's the group chat look like? Like, How easy was it for someone like Schellenberger and Schutz to just be like, you have to come if you want to win a national championship? Yeah, I think like that really plays into it. And when you look at the you know guys who have come through here, you're like, well – damn, like I would love to be a part of that and would love to try and win some national championships with guys like that. And, you know, I think a lot of it is attributed to Coach Tiffany and his recruiting and, um, you know, what's going on here. So um, I think it's definitely really cool. Like, you know, guys like Dunkel coming in and Brendan and um, it's definitely sick having such a such a cool, um, such highly recruited guys coming in. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's definitely funny when, you know, you see another guy commit and you're like, oh. Yeah. Like, yeah, and it's like it's like an unspoken of thing in the, in a way. Like nobody really wants to have the conversation yet, but I think the wheels are starting to turn on it. Um, every single number one is going going to Virginia, and for good reason. You guys are might as well just write them off the board early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. So going off going off that, you have Schellenberger, and I mean for the, like your whole entire life, you're from lacrosse royalty. Mark Millen. I actually went to your dad's camps growing up, oh, so sick. this is like a full circle moment yeah. for me. 
you 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 probably I assume got like obviously either went to the camps or were taught by your yeah. dad. So you're yeah. really good at lacrosse. I wasn't a good listener, wasn't a good student, wasn't good at lacrosse. So here I am interviewing you, which is like hilarious. But you were probably the number one guy that got face guarded growing up, had the number one defender. How much easier has your life been where you got someone like Shelly, you got Griffin shots, like that just keep Boyden coming in and you just have all these weapons and how much easier does it make your life? Yeah. I mean, not only does it make, you know, my life easier, but it's like everyone around, like, you know, it's just having guys like, you know, being able to walk out there and just know that whenever Shelly gets the ball, he's going to get his hands free and can probably, you know, do whatever he wants, whenever he wants. Um, It just makes our whole offense just click so much, so much smoother, just, you know, having confidence in all of our guys, knowing that like, you know, there's not too many matchups, you know, in the sport where, you know, Connor's not going to win and, um, you know, Griffin's not going to win and Boyden can do whatever he wants and he'll probably <laughs> some disgusting twister, yeah, yeah. Um, stick one. But like, I think it's, um, it's so cool. Like, you know, especially, you know, growing up and watching so much lacrosse, like, you know, to actually be in it and see like, you know, it actually happened on the field and, you know, watch Connor do what he does and Peyton do what he does is it's really cool. Yeah. How much of an influence or relationship do you and Connor have off the field? How much of a help has he been in your freshman year? Cause obviously set aside the lacrosse expectations that you have as the number one, being a college student as a freshman, it, it's hard enough. So how much as a, as a help has Connor been for you? in your yeah. freshman year? Um, Connor's been huge. And I'd say like the, all the upperclassmen as a whole, but you know, Connor and Peyton specifically, like, you know, Cole Kastner as well. Like those guys just like come in and understanding like, you know, what it can be like to come in with some pressure and, you know, trying to figure out like, oh shoot, like, where's my class? Like, I don't know where my class is. Like, what's the best spot to go get food? Like if you have 10 minutes between class, like, what are you going to do? Like, you know, trying to figure all those little things out as you're trying to find your footing as, you know, in your first fall, uh, as a first yeah, year, yeah. like tough. So, um, yeah, Connor's been instrumental in just like, you know, making me feel at home here. And, um, you know, especially with stuff like on the field, like learning, you know, small little intricacies of the game and here and there, it's just so cool to like be up close and personal with that. But then, um, you know, just the right way to do things off the field is, um, definitely been a huge help as well. So just really grateful that we have like senior leadership on this team that, you know, makes you feel comfortable like that. Yeah. And, and winners as well. And backstage, I'm going to add my co-host right now. D3 guy. We're just talking Jack Boyden. Nest, how's it going? Fantastic, Dukes. Thanks for having me. Okay. Very nice to meet you. Yeah, brother. How you doing? Fantastic. Uh, speaking of D3, just had to come in. I saw Boyden score the, the nastiest goal I think I've ever seen the cross yeah. uh, against Cabrini last year little one-hander and just to clarify i was not in the goal i was an alumni for that but it hurt a lot so i was listening glad you're uh glad you guys are getting off to a good start here yeah, yeah mccain i want to just jump into this really quick so obviously your mom and dad are hall of famers you're yeah. the number one recruit your brother's the number one recruit did you guys even consider having the conversation like i know like parents you have the sit down conversation like about the bees and the what whatever but like did you ever consider like being like hey dad i want to play baseball um I would oh, say like, <laughs> I, so I, I love baseball. Like baseball is like one of my favorite sports. Like my dad grew up a huge Yankees fan. So, um, you know, we watch one of the things we do like every summer is we watch almost every Yankees baseball game together. That's awesome. Um, so honestly, like growing up, I played everything like, you know, love baseball, you know, love soccer, played a bunch of basketball, but you know, I think just growing up and like, as I was going to all his camps and, you know, being a part of those and just seeing like, you know, what it was like is he's being director of all these tournaments and director yeah. of the camps or whatever. Like, 
it kind of was never really a question. Um, you know, my parents never like one thing that they had talked about was like, all right, we're not going to force like lacrosse on these guys. Like we're not going to put a stick in their hands and say like, Oh, like we're hall of famers. You got to follow in our footsteps yeah, yeah. more of like, you know, they'll be exposed to it naturally. And then, you know, they'll probably pick it up, but if they don't, they don't. And uh, that's you. Yeah. I think you nailed it right there. Sorry to interrupt you for a second, but like when you're talking about all the sports that you played growing up, I, I firmly believe that when you don't force a stick in the kid's hand and you just like play whatever, when you play everything, and yeah. I, I don't want to speak for you, you you're going to fall in love with the cross just because of like, I know it's a cliche thing, but it's a combination of all the sports. No doubt. And especially like, I think being able to fall in love with it yourself is so important too. And like, you know, if you're taught to love something because you know, Oh, dad played at whatever school, like you need, I need to go to that school and do his thing and do whatever. Like you're going out to shoot, you're going out to do this. You're right. going like, it's hard to really like fall in love with it when you're told to, but you know, as you can kind of stumble upon it yourself and, you know, obviously learn a ton from my dad, but also like growing up watching YouTube and watching all the, like, you know, college across games on TV and like being like, Oh, that's pretty cool. Like, I wish I could do that one day. That actually leads me to my next question is obviously your dad was a huge inspiration, but like even, even growing up, like when I was going to your dad's camps, like it's not like Mark Millen highlights were just accessible. Like they are with like Justin Gutterding or like, you yeah. know, some of these players. So who was your inspiration on YouTube or just growing up that like you model your game after, after, or someone that you, you just looked up to as yeah, a, so uh, I grew up like on a lot of my dad's like footage and old like VHS right. stuff. Um, and then I watched a ton of Grant Amen. Um, Grant like had gone to a bunch of my dad's camps when he was younger and mm-hmm. um, kind of like got to know him very well and we're very good friends and um, watched a bunch of Michael Sowers um, when I was probably in like late middle school years. I love Kevin Rice at Syracuse. Yeah. Um, and then like as I was kind of getting older, like in high school, it was funny enough. I was watching a lot of Connor um, and trying to model my game after him a little bit. So, um, you know, I'd like to try and put together as much of like the good combination as possible. Um, I'd say the majority of my games built off my dad's and then, um, you know, in the past four or five years, four years or so, it's tried to build it, built a lot like Connors. What have you learned from your mom? What has your mom taught you that you, you've kind of taken into your game, either like mentally, emotionally, anything that she taught you that kind of stood out? Yeah, I'd say my mom's done the most for me and just like the sense of being there, like as a rock and, you know, as an emotional, like understanding of the game. And like, you know, a lot of times, you know, if you get frustrated after a loss and my dad's frustrated too, like can dissolve the, some, you know, arguments pretty quick and you know and you can always have your mom there like to talk about like why you're frustrated and do this and that like you know I think it was another thing that because she's was such a great lacrosse player too she's not just gonna walk off the field and be like oh you played great like oh like you know and she can actually understand like I know you're upset I get it like there were probably a couple things you could have done better I get it but like um so I think like having that emotional support's always been yeah. really huge for me and like you know if after a game and, you know, well, I'll finish like a college game now for my dad. i be like, dude, you should have had like two or three more. <laughs> and my mom's like just there, just happy to see me. So it's, um, dude, you're, it's like, it's like, dude, you should have two more. Dude, I had four. <laughs> <laughs> it's not bad. <laughs> so your dad, your dad was a Long Island legend. Legend. You're from Maryland. Yeah. Long Island or Maryland. Where, where does he stand? Where, like, where well, does he stand nowadays in the debate? Where does he stand? He would never, ever say a bad word about Strong Island. Um, but, you know, I like to consider myself like that I was raised 
by a Long Islander and like have a little bit of the tough blood in me, but I I can't I can't step away from Baltimore lacrosse. I think the MIA like the all, an all time team would have would it would be a really good game if you could take like an all time MIA Baltimore team against like an all time Long Island team. But couldn't, couldn't agree more. Yeah, and the, the, this is where I'll stick up for Long Island really quick. Maryland will always have like Baltimore will always have the nastiest offensive players. Firmly believe that. That that is true. But yeah. when you have some sick son of a bitches from Long Island with those long poles <laughs> with some issues and they need to go to therapy and they just take it out on these kids like from yeah. MIA, I'm like, I, I don't know. Like I, I've seen it firsthand and it's like it brings out some some great matchups. Like, there are I think some twisted monsters from Long Island. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and going off defense, if we're just gonna like no, we're going all over the place here, but we're talking about the number one guys, like how like, oh, you're number one recruit. Okay, welcome to uh, welcome to Virginia. How about like just being six seven with the pole and just being like, all right, you're gonna start for Virginia. And you're going against Cole Castor right? like every single day in practice. How much easier like how much easier is that going to the games where you're just like, okay, I don't have I'm not going against a six six division yeah. one basketball prospect with a six foot pole. Like that's that's one of the craziest like differences is when like even and the craziest thing about it is like if you look like top to bottom from our defense, like six seven, six six, six five, six five, six six, like everyone's big. <laughs> even if you get us like oh switch off a of coal and then next thing you know like george fulton like six six steps out you're like cool like nice switch like they <laughs> like sweet um so like it's, it's definitely a huge difference when you're just so used to the length and um it's definitely like a different dodging style that you kind of have to start to adopt for those really long guys and um it's definitely been like a huge learning experience like in that sense and um you know, especially like the physicality of like a John Schroeder, who's just, you know, a monster down there. So, um, you know, definitely, a, you know, our defense is freaking dialed in. And Nunes is standing on his head. He had a six yes. in State. Um, so we're pretty, pretty dialed in down there. We could like, I can ask you the cliche question, like what's the biggest difference between college and high school? And you'll be like the, the speed, you know, the physicality, but truly what, what has it been? If you had to pick one, is it the, the quickness and the speed? Is it just, Basically, you you being an 18-year-old going against, you know, with the COVID years, you're going against kids that are like two years yeah. older than me, and I'm 25. So what what has been the biggest impact for you, you think, the biggest challenge so far in the um, games? Yeah, I mean, it's I think it's really like a combination of a lot of things. I think it's like one, and like the biggest one is when you step in, like I think the confidence that you bring, like you're always going to come in like really not with as much confidence as you probably should. And I think that can like just kind of relate with like, you know, you're stepping on the field, you see six, seven, you're like, oh my God, I'm used to, you know, going against good poles in the MIA for sure, but no one was six, seven. Yeah, nobody from like Long Island or anything. Yeah. Um, I think like the biggest thing is like that guy is like, is coming in and being like not as assertive and confident as they should be. And not obviously you're still a freshman and you got to play the right way. But I think like there's a fine line with that. And then, you know, I think, it's, it's so cliche, but the speed really is different. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, it's seeing slides happen and fills happen before, you know, they actually do or knowing where they're going to come from. And, um, you know, I think probably the single biggest difference I'd say is just like the complexity of our scouts, like against opposing defenses, like, you know, I'm, you know, used to McDonough just working like, all right, here's what we're going to do on offense. Like they're going to try and stop us. Let's not let them stop us. 
um, which is a really fun way to play. But and like, they did it last year. <laughs> but, but, you know, not necessarily viable when you're getting to the next level. So mm-hmm. um, I just think, like, the intensity of, like, scout work and, um, you know, film and whatever is definitely a, a new step. And I've definitely, like, embraced that, that new piece of my game, I guess. You, going off of just recruiting and, and, and everything, you were kind of the first class, I want to say, that kind of had the NIL, right? Uh, yeah, like kind of. Like it was when it was first, like kind of, like breaking out. So yeah. what did that? What did that look like for you? In the sense, you know, coaches always tell you like wh- why you should come to them, but then once you realize that they're tr- they're selling the school to you and they want you, are you kind of asking them back like what can you do for me, or what does the NIL landscape look? for the number one recruit in, uh, in high school? So I guess for me, it was, I was probably just a class early on like getting that full, like, what can you do for me type of thing? Okay. Um, I, in my experience, it was a little bit more like, you know, we're looking at sometime down the line, guys can get this instead yeah. of like, you know, a little bit, now it's a little bit more aggressive nowadays, but um, you know, it was a lot less like, a lot less spelled out. It was just more like people really kind of stepping around it because no one really understood what it was going to be like yet. Yes. Um, so I would say I probably like just missed the cutoff by like a year or so where like that would have been like, you know, a bigger part of the recruiting. But, you know, for me personally, I was a lot more focused on, you know, a school as opposed to, you know, money just because I thought at the end of the day, like, you know, I think I – put everything, my heart and soul into lacrosse, but you know, I know there's going to be a lot more to my life than only that. So I really wanted to be in a spot where like, I knew I was going to be really happy. Yeah. It's a great answer. I think that's like, if any high schoolers are listening out, uh, like listening right now, which I doubt they are. I mean, I feel like we're our pot, like our podcast audience is like 30 or 30 year old washed up D three guys. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's a, that's a great answer. Cause I saw like, even like stars, might've tweeted about it. How well, he yeah. was, did you see that tweet where he was basically saying like that, co- like, Kids will be like, "Hey, coach! Like, can you give me this? Can you give me that?" And it, it shouldn't ever be that. That's what I love college sports, but it like sickens me. And I mean, we're watch, actually watching Syracuse in the background. Yeah. I saw that, and like, I know there was like Joe, like Joey Spelina, and I mean, even you, Shelly, all these like forefront of like the you know the names in college across. You guys can do so much for NIL, and it's kind of refreshing hearing an answer yeah. where it's like, it's it's not really what I'm about. Yeah. But um, going off that. I would love to talk to you about, so you're a freshman now, right? So you graduate, what, 28? 27. 27, perfect. LA 28, sixes. We're talking about the different styles of speed and everything. How much does sixes intrigue you as an attackman? And we're talking about you getting pounded on by these six, seven poles, getting a shorty. You probably haven't seen a shorty since you were in first grade. I know. It's it's sick to watch. So much fun to watch. So fast-paced. Yeah, I definitely think it's, you know – that LA 28 is something that's really, really cool. Um, I think I remember um, like all the way back when I was younger, like hearing like, oh, lacrosse can be in the Olympics. And be like, oh, no way, like whatever. And then now here we are. Um, so, yeah, I think it's definitely something that's really interesting. And I think like especially being used to going against guys with crazy reach, like, mm-hmm. you know, seeing a short stick all the time and, you know, being like, I love the nature, like being competitive and being able to like go down, play a little bit of defense if you need to. Like, you know, I'm so I think that's all like really, really interesting. I'm I actually haven't gotten a chance to play like much of it yet. 
Um, and I would hope to play like sometime like full organized sixes at some point. Well, that's, that's interesting that you say that. Cause that was kind of my thought process for you is, you know, we, we, we don't have to jump around it. If we're, if we're just on the projection four years from now, you could definitely be considered for the, for the sixes, the sixes team, especially one year out of college should be in the PLL or not. Would you consider playing like over the summer? Like, how would that work out for you? You're almost at a disadvantage that like Sowers is playing right now in the PLL yeah. Champ Series. All these guys are getting the, their shots. What what does that look like for you in in training? Because obviously, I, I know like your dad played for Team USA. Playing for Team USA is basically every lacrosse kid's dr- dream yeah, growing up. No doubt, no doubt. Um, yeah, that's a good question. I guess like you know, at some point, it's just trying to get used to like the flow of how it goes. So right. it probably would be trying to play like. You know, whether it's over the summer, just grabbing like a bunch of buddies at home and playing like some pickup and just trying to get used to it. Um, you know, I do feel like it does. I've played some box and it, it has like a similar flow to some box stuff where like, you know, you're playing more kind of sides action. Mm-hmm. Um, and but yeah, I mean, it's probably a good point. Like, you know, the guys who have been playing for the last like or I guess by 28, it'll be like four or five, six years, like, you know, are going to be a little lot more comfortable with it. So. Um, yeah, probably just trying to get a bunch of buddies out at home and um, getting after it and just having some fun on a random day and just having playing some sixes. Look, me and Nest, we played goalie growing up, all right? So if you ever need two sickos to hop in cage to see some shots, I mean, guys, you'll never have a better shooting percentage in your life. But <laughs> I cannot believe some of the wealths that those goalies will throw some sixes with. I was, I think that like, honestly, I was the type that like you, you, you have 15 yards hand free. I'm not saving that shit. And I like closer in shots, like from like 10 yards in. Yeah. So I think that like, I actually like those shots. I think I like, I'd like six is better. Cause I'm I, like high, like as much as people say, like you get so much shots, I think more shots. Some goalies say like Matt DeLuca. I don't know if you watched any of it, but like the, the water dogs goalie, yeah. you know, he, he's a, he, he's a sicko. And I think that he's the type of goalie that like sees more shots, uh, the better he gets. Yeah. But it's definitely like. I mean, some of the shins that those poor, poor guys are just beat up. Those goalies. And but, um, you're, yeah. you're in the ACC. You're in the ACC. Um, we're talking about goalies right now, so this just jumped into my head. I think it's like you, you, the ACC is loaded with goalies. You got you got Noons. You got Entenman for for my buck. I know you're probably gonna disagree. For my buck, best goalie in the country. I think Colin Krieg's like right there with everybody. Will Mark is proving to be one of the best goalies in the country. Which goalie are you most looking forward to playing? And this doesn't even have to be a specific goalie in general. I'm talking about at their crib. It's like Arlotta in the spring. Is it at the Carrier Dome? Is it at uh, Chapel Hill? Like, which, Which field are you kind of looking forward to hopefully putting one past these tendies? Yeah, um, that's a good question. I think, like, really any of the ACC games are going to be everything I've kind of dreamed of for so long. And, um, you know, ACC being the best conference in lacrosse and just straight blue bloods. And, um, you know, I think it would be really cool. But in that same vein, like, watch so many games at the Carrier Dome. And, um, you know, I think playing in the Dome for the first time would be really, really cool experience. Um, You know, especially, like, in the – you know, be like, hey, Dad, what was it like playing in the Dome? And, like – you know, getting to do that father-son thing, I think is going to be really cool. So, um, you know, all the ACC games are going to be really, really sick. And um, but I think just getting that first experience in the Dome is going to be really cool. 
Yeah, he loves the dome. I, I love the dome too. I think it's yeah. I think it's sick. I I'm a, I'm a sucker for Klockner and Arlotta in the spring when you can just I, I'm yeah. a sucker for grass. When you see fans on grass, I'm all oh, in on that. Carry dome like yeah. Oh my god, give me that hill. I need to make my way yeah. to Klockner. I really do. Oh, it gets popping. It, yeah. it was it was sick on uh last Saturday or something. Yeah, it, that's all. I Speaking of the carry dome, I'm pretty sure Army just scored a game winner over your right shoulder before Dukes. I was watching it in the background there. I think that game's over. I think oh, Hughes really? just lost. Yeah. Wow. Damn. And that's the thing. I mean, if you want to talk about that, one of the cool things about the ACC is like you 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 drop one out of conference, and all of a sudden it's like, oh well, we play like the top, we play the top ten just in a in a circle, just looping. Yeah. So you get so many opportunities. But, yeah. Yeah. The, the ACC is going to be a gauntlet for you. I know that you're uh, you're prepared for it, and I think. Finish, finishing up, really, I have a question about, you know, your dad, the, the Water Dogs opening just opened, right? Your dad, yeah. MLL legend, your dad's going to finish up coaching summer, you know, Team 91 Maryland when your brother graduates. You'll be in the league in a couple of years. Could we see Mark Millen coaching? We got like a little Bronny LeBron situation. Like what would the recruiting pitch look like for you to your dad if you're in the PLL and you want him to come coach you? Because I feel like that would be a very cool yeah. moment. And I feel like that's the most realistic option. Yeah. Um, I'd say as long as he can find a golf course after the game, <laughs> good to go. Good to go. Um, but no, that, you're right. That would be, that would be really sick. Um, yeah. Really special. I mean, growing up in point, like, you know, first club teams and all the way up until, um, you know, I guess, yeah, end of junior year of high school, like, you know, he's always been there as a coach, but mentor and, you know, father on like out there when I need him. And um, even now, like after games, like always like breaking things down and what can I do better? What do you think I did well? Like stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I think it would be really cool to get to do that again and um, get to play some golf after some games, too. Is he is, is he still tearing up the like, oh, like the over 35 leagues? Oh, no, no, no. he can't play anymore. He's uh, it's a little banged up. A little. The year, the the miles of uh, club and then MLL and they got to him, but uh, yeah, he, he must be he must be excited just to be finishing up the summer circuit with like because I know you know I think every dad, especially the coaches, like they, they, that's a, it gets longer and longer. When I was doing it, it was cool. insane. Now it's brutal. Yeah, so the only thing is like he's kind of trading out the coaching for a lot of the tournaments now, where um, he's running a bunch of tournaments over the summer, so. Okay. You know, he's not coaching as many teams, but then overseeing more events. So um, summers are still a really busy time. It's it's funny, like growing up, you know, all the summer is usually for like most of my friends. It's like, oh, cool. Like going on vacation, doing this, doing that. And I'm usually like, oh, cool. I'm traveling with my dad here, 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 doing camp after camp and whatever. So summers have always been a pretty busy time. But yeah, I'm going to Farmingdale State College. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going to Gathersburg, Maryland. Yeah, yeah. Like you're yeah. just going to just random places. Yeah, it's the best. Yeah, yeah. That's it's actually the way your dad's camp was. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I, yeah. I went to a couple Farmingdale's. Did you go to? Uh, where'd you go? Which camps did you go to? I think like your dad's. Yeah. I think I think it was at Farmingdale State. I must have been in like third grade, and someone was just like, "I'm going to Mark Millen's lacrosse camp." That's awesome. And, I was, and it was like sleepaway, and I was like, "That is sick. Yeah. It's a sleepaway yeah. camp." And then I was like, "Wait, we have to play lacrosse all the time." <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? Like, my friend was like, it's a sleepaway camp. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. Like, yeah. it was, I remember it being so much goddamn fun. That's Seriously, awesome. Some of my best memories. McCabe, I won't keep you too long. Um, I know you probably got some studying to do. Thank you so much for hopping on. Seriously. Great. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah. Much appreciated.
All right, that's the interview with McCabe Millen. Um, me and Nestler will preview next weekend's games right now. All right, that was McCabe Millen. Awesome interview. Um, go follow him on all his socials, all his plugs. He's going to be one of the best players for the next couple of years. Lucky that we got him as a freshman. Ness, what did you think about that? I thought it was really cool. Dukes kind of snuck that one in behind my back, uh, making the magic happen. A um, little bit under the weather, so Dukes handled it. Um, but a big big one for me is McCabe Millen with an instant follow back for Nestler. That's big for my brand. It's wow. All right. We're, we're McCabe Pod. We're McCabe Pod confirmed. We're, I didn't want to – we're officially, officially McCabe pod. We're good. officially a McCabe pod. I mean, that's just a good guy. And I will say, um, you know, Dukes and I are 25, 26 years old. It's probably not easy for a 19-year-old freshman to come on and shoot the shit with two dickhead uh, podcasters who may or may not just be trying to fuck with them. Um, I thought he handled his questions great. Seems like a good dude and just comes from an athletic-ass family. I mean, like you said, his parents are unreal athletes and – I wish I had a little bit more time to ask him about his brother just because I think having two brothers that are that Yeah, I, I like I like having two brothers that are that are that talented and wondering which one of them truly thinks they're better than the other. So I will get that answer out of him. I'll give him some space so he can study. It's like the Kavanaugh's. But like I Yeah, mean, I mean I could think of like, Yeah, I could think of like a higher profile across family for sure, like right off the top of my head, but we don't need to dive too much into lacrosse families. If you think you it's the crazy. What? What? You think it's the curse? What is the, the like premier lacrosse family? Yeah. Yeah. I don't even think it's close. Don't get okay, me so wrong. We have, we have Matt Cavanaugh to Warton finalist. We have Pat Cavanaugh to Warton finalist. You have Brendan Cavanaugh who played in the PLL. You have Chris Cavanaugh who is a high recruit, will be a Warton finalist at some point. So what do the curse have? We have three curse in the PLL. We have we three have- curse of the week. <laughs> no, we have three. Yeah, yeah, they have the most curse of the weeks. No, the, the curse family, they're now. Uh, you want to talk college careers, it's probably the Stanwicks and the Kavanaugh's with, without a doubt. But as far as the faces of lacrosse, I mean. Dude, I'll, what I'll, are we, what are we fucking talking about here? Like. I love the Curse family. I love Colin Curse. I love Connor Curse. I love Cole. I love CJ. CJ was the man when I met him last year in Baltimore. But like, if we're doing that, like, like the face of college across, it's Pat Kavanaugh over CJ Curse. Like, that's we're not no, even that's, up for that's fair. Connor Curse. Connor Curse played at Villanova. He might as well play the Cabrini legitimately. Like he might maybe like, and then he went to Rutgers and like you know him playing with Colin like that was a big storyline. But still, Matt Cavanaugh literally dunks on them and shoves his nuts over their face over being over both of them for being like like a college stud. Correct. No, I I tried saying the college. If we're talking college, what about what about what about pros? Matt Cavanaugh was like on the Outlaws, won MLL championships. Was on the Redwoods cha- like champ- like championship contending team. Now he's like won a championship series with Colin Curse, game winning goal. Like, like you said, you hear what you said though. You said he won a championship with Colin Curse. So, oh, I know. I I gave I threw you your bone there. That's fair. I just think with the way it's shaping up, when there's going to be four cursed all in the league at the same time, it's going to be hard to argue against them. There'll be three Kavanaugh's hopefully and four cursed, and. The, the best of the curse is yet to come, just like the best of the Kavanaugh's might be coming right now. 
but we'll see at the next level. I'll, I'll tip my cap to the OGs, the Stanwicks, and the Kavanaugh's. I got no problem with that. See, I but- actually think it's the Kavanaugh's. I think it's the Kavanaugh's like in a runaway. Even the Stanwicks, like, okay, Steel. It's not like Sha- like Shaq had like a cool name, played at Hopkins, and everyone like wanted him to be better than he was. But like even Pat's way better than Shaq was. Don't sleep on Wes. Wes Stanwick. Wells. Wells was sick. Wells was sick. Drove him, drove him to a drove him to a summer tournament back in the heyday when he was a coach. That's was, sick. Uh, yeah, Wells was dirty. I but still, yeah, I, no, I don't. Yeah, it's still the Kavanaugh's. I, 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 I just need to shout out the Kavanaugh's. I mean, that's that's fair. That's fair. You know, I can't. Even if I did think it was the Kavanaugh's, I would never say it. I yeah, I know. Like, and you know what? And if I thought it was the curse, I'd never say it was the curse. That's fair. That's fair. All right. That, that's that's fair. called that's podcast hosting. All right, let's dive into the games, Ness. <laughs> I'm I'm you know, it's not fifteen, I'm getting my ass kicked at work. Gotta watch some college basketball, so let's just dive into these games. Let's do it. Friday, we have some great fucking lacks, man. Some great fucking lacrosse. Grab your beers, grab your friends. Maybe if the weather's nice enough, grab your TV, put it outside on the porch. We have college across for the happy hour for the pregame. We got oh, Duke yeah. minus seven at Duke against UPenn. Ness, who you got in this one? You think Penn's got a shot? You think plus nine hundred money line? You think in the spread? What you got? I'm gonna t- I'm gonna take the points. I'm gonna take that seven and a half. Penn, I think, is almost like underperformed a little bit the last year and a half or so. I think they got this kid. Uh, I believe his name's Tyron Walsh. Tyron Walsh. Yeah, he he's unbelievable. Um, I, I think that kid's gonna pump some in. I think he's gonna get some apples going. So I'll take that seven and a half, but don't get me wrong. Duke's going to win that game. Um, but I think Penn keeps it close. And if Penn wins it, then then so be it. But that's a good match. That's a great Friday. Sometimes there's some bad Friday matchups. I think that's going to be a great Friday matchup. Yeah, and then you got I, – I, I'm not actually going to go with Duke here. Until the, until the wheels fall off of this, like why, why shouldn't I expect that Duke just beats the brakes out of everybody? And, you know, going 0-2 in those big spread games in the same exact spots last week – why not? I think that Duke's gonna get a little energy. You know, the boys want to go out on Friday night. The boys want to get loose. The boys want to get fast. I think they're like, let's get the backups in. You know, let's get let's get everyone laid. Let's get everyone some drinks tonight. So I'm going Duke minus seven um, in that one. I think just like that attack line. And, and let me just shout out Aiden Nanza, the most underrated midfielder in the country for my bucks. He he gets that offense spin. He gets that offense rotating. Um, he's gets lost in the mix. I think because you know you know you got McAdory, you got Dyson Williams, you got Brendan O'Neill. Um, I think that for my money, Aiden Danza, most underrated player, midfielder uh, in the country. And then let's that's at 6 p.m. 8 p.m. on Friday, another barn burner. Princeton at UNC. UNC's minus two, over-unders 24. Ness, what you got, baby? Ah, this one's hard. I haven't I haven't given UNC the respect they deserve, and I'm worried they're gonna come out firing. So if I'm betting, I'm probably taking UNC. So I apologize to the Jersey boys down in Princeton. But, yeah, I think UNC is going to get them. I just think another team that's sort of almost underperformed, if if I had to, you know, give them a test grade, um, tough loss to Hopkins by four. They're going to come out, punch them in the mouth. Um, spread, you said two and a half? Yeah, two. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take UNC. I'll take UNC given. What about I you? Can't- I'm going UNC. You know, I, I still like UNC. I think Hopkins' defense was a little bit more legit than Princeton. I think Princeton's still kind of in a rebuilding year. Great program, great coach. But uh, I, I think UNC, you know, they're both coming off losses. 
I kind of like UNC in this spot. I still think that they have better pieces right now and more continuous pieces than Princeton did because all the guys that left. So I'm actually going to go North Carolina minus two in this one. Love it. All right, let's hop into Saturday. I'm going to name some games. You tell me if you want to talk talk. You want to talk Nova Lehigh? You want to talk Mount St. Mary's Monmouth? Michigan-Delaware? Michigan-Delaware. Let's talk about that. That's an intriguing matchup. I like that one. They came off on tongue. I felt it nice. Michigan at Delaware. Delaware's plus one and a half. Who you got in that one? I'm going to take Delaware just because I, I, I think that comment from the Michigan coach in the beginning of the year was kind of a, kind of like a big target on his team's back, um, talking about the gorillas and ripping each other's faces off and whatnot. Um, Delaware just had a tough loss, I believe, last week by one. They lost a pen, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're, they're looking for revenge. Michigan just kind of beat – just came back and beat up on uh, – Jacksonville in the fourth quarter, and uh, before that, I think they beat the shit out of some other teams. So, you know, the game they were tested and they lost, and we'll see how they do this week. So I'll I'll roll with the the Blue Hens hailing from Delaware. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, – I'm going to go with Michigan in this one. I, I like your analysis on Delaware. I think, you know, what DeLuca's built at Delaware is very impressive. But minus one and a half – Thinking Michigan yeah. here. Thinking Michigan here. Um, Yale at Penn State. Penn State minus one and a half. Who you got? Yeah, I think that Matt Brandau, Matt Brando, however you pronounce his name, I'm gonna go with Brandau. He's unbelievable. He's been in college for a really long fucking time. He's put up a lot of points historically. He's got 19 points in two games this year. Um. That's absurd. He went against the Colgate team last week and put up 13 fucking points. Um, that Colgate team is not a joke. They've held Penn State. They've held teams to, you know, under 12 goals. Um, I Colgate think they're kind of a team. joke. Really? We're at, just quick in and out. Colgate was up there, and now they're just back. You were a little louder back. on Colgate than I was. I mean, like, look, like, yeah, like they, they squeaked. They, they had a lead against Penn State first game of the season. They let Penn State back into the game, and one of the most impressive parts about that game was that Colgate was able to finish it off on a broken play. Since then, what what what, what, what toughness do they bring? They've got waxed by Cuse. They got waxed by Yale. They got waxed by, um, I think, another team. Like, there's nothing that really stands out to me with Colgate right now besides like one 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 marquee win in like the first week, and that's going to be the, Albany, the rest of the season. I think the Albany win was a big one for those boys. I got to give them a little respect. I don't even have any bias towards Colgate. So I don't know why I'm so high on them. I think it's just giving them flowers while I can. Um, but no, I'll, I'll eat that sword. I'll be the Colgate guy. And I think, I think this, this, uh, I just think that Yale, I think that Brando kid scoring 13 on Colgate isn't like him scoring 13 on, you know, Cleveland State is more so what I was getting at. No, no disrespect to the boys on Cleveland. But, it's. I think there's a different tier as far as where teams are. So. Yeah, I think you're talking about Colgate, like they're the fucking like 85 Bears. Like I think that Colgate's <laughs> fine. I don't think they're like the worst team in D1. But um, yeah, I'm, I, 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 you know what? I actually wanted to take Yale, but now I think just based off this alone, this little tidbit, we have to break up on this. I'll take Penn State plus one and a half because I don't think I think Penn State's like same reason. I think they're going to be a team that like actually gets better throughout the year. We're like, oh yeah, they are good. They just have one off. Off game. Um, Fair. 
Brown plus six and a half at Georgetown. Who you got? Brown's been disappointing. I hate that big spread. Fuck it. I'll take Brown with the six and a half. I agree. Uh, that's a, it's a lot of points. They disappoint two, I'd say horrible losses in a row for Brown. Um, and getting six and a half Georgetown coming off. Maybe biggest win of the season. Maybe feeling like they can win the natty sneaky natty team. Um, I'm, I'll take Brown, six and a half, easy. Yeah, I think it's a down spot for Georgetown, and it's going to be a must win for Brown. Just not even like, oh, for tournament implication, impl- timeout, tournament implications. But I think that Brown, you know, this is like a, this is a morale, this is a morale must win. Like you, you saved, you almost saved the program by winning this game. If you just let the season gets off the rails if you lose this one. So I, I like, I like Brown plus six and a half. And you know what? If you're feeling fucking dangerous and free on Saturday. Take the money line. Take the money Sprinkle line. You know why? Why not? What, what's PM. it add on, what's what's it add it add? on draft? That it money line. is plus 800. Okay. Fucking nice. Hop at Virginia, at Clockner, McCain Millen, shout out you. Virginia, out minus thir- Virginia minus three and a half, over under 25. What's the place? What was that spread again? Three and a half. Oh Jesus Christ! Um, I don't know. I, I I'm just gonna take the over. I I feel like these are the only the two teams I've endorsed the most. Uh, I've started endorsing Virginia as of 30 minutes ago when McCabe Millen followed me. Um, that's big for me. So and I don't want to go against Hunter Chevette. So I'm just gonna hope for both of them to put up a lot of goals and whichever team wins wins. So I'll take the over in that one in a, in a good shootout. Yeah, I like Virginia minus two and a half. I like under 25. I think that Virginia's defense could either stunt Hopkins's defense or that Hopkins, you know, I think their defense is good enough where, like, they could they could stunt Virginia a little bit. But I think it's more going to be Virginia, like, 13 to 7. Yeah, that, that'll I, – I Yeah, hope it's not, that'll do it. I hope it's not 13-7. That'll be a bo- – that screams like a boring-ass game. I want to fucking – I want to be tuned in the fourth quarter of that game with just balls flying past the goal. You mean nineteen eighteen? Like it's two thousand and fucking twelve. Let me see if I missed anything else uh, before we roll in to Sunday. I just want to touch on. Uh, I hope Jacksonville gets fucking curb stomped by St. John's. I, I mentioned this on uh, Last Guy Scotty's podcast. I'm anti Jacksonville. Um, they snubbed me years ago. I'm ready to pronounce that program dead. Uh, there's only one alumni from Jacksonville that I'll tip my cap to, and that is Coach Dagnita's son. Shout out, Matt Dagnita. But Jacksonville's dead to me. Shout out, Maxwell Baum. Shout out, Joey Galloway. First me coach Galloway, ever, if we need to discuss one day. First coach that recruited me, shout out, Galloway. Yeah, he snubbed my email, so clearly his recruiting skills are – are a little twisted there. Yeah, you got the better half. Rutgers at Hofstra is another game coming. Uh, <laughs> Rutgers, Rutgers, Hofstra um, on Saturday. There's no line for that game. Uh, Rutgers will probably kick the shit at Hofstra. Hofstra's in a down year. Um, and then you got some good games all over. You got like Marquette, Utah, UMass, Albany, Syracuse, High Point. Then you got a weird one. 9 p.m. start, Denver, Lemoyne. That's very fucking weird. Um, that's Lemoyne, D2. Are they D1 now? Yeah, they lost. 
They lost they today to Sienna. Yeah, I bet I bet on Lemoyne today. They lost at like two o'clock in the afternoon to Sienna. Huh. Weird. Sneaky, sneaky D one. Maybe their first year. Maybe second. Yeah, it's their first. I All get right, them so- confused with like Merrimack snuck in there recently in the last yes. few years. Let's look into Sunday. Okay, we have one line uh, or two line, two lines. We'll talk. One line we'll talk about uh, for Sunday: Maryland at Notre Dame. Notre Dame minus two. What's the play? Who you got? What you feeling? Over under twenty three and a half. Maryland hangs in every game, and I think Notre Dame's going to win. Um, so maybe I'll just take a money line. I know the money lines are always weird with lacrosse betting, but I think Notre Dame wins. Uh, coming off a tough loss, I think Liam's going to be, you know, sturdy in net. I think that defense is going to come out beating the shit out of people. Um, so give me Notre Dame. I'm, I'm always looking for Maryland to lose just because I think they win all the time. Yeah, um, Notre Dame minus two is my favorite play of the weekend. Really? The, the Dukes play of the weekend? Bounce back spot. Love them. Good program. Hungry. Want to compete. Playing Maryland, who they have, like, some history with, especially with these classes. Give me Notre Dame minus two. Now looking at the rest of the board, looking at the rest of the board for Sunday, you got Duke visiting Princeton, no spread available yet, and you got North Carolina, Penn. All right, sorry, Princeton visiting Duke, Penn visiting North Carolina. What's just your initial feel in these games? There's no line. I mean, I think Duke beats Princeton, and I have probably Penn. I'll, I'll take Penn against North Carolina. This I might just be stoned, but those are the teams that are all playing on Friday night as well, and then they're flip-flopping matchups on Sunday, it looks like. Yeah, so this is called an away trip. So teams from up north, like if you're from like Jersey or some area like Pennsylvania, you'll go visit the Carolinas, and you'll play like Duke in North Carolina. Or, you know, if you go out west, you might play like High Point uh, or some I, shit like that. Yeah, I just, yes. yeah, I just thought it was interesting. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> I just thought it was interesting that it was happening with like a force of a piece. I thought maybe they were playing at one location. Do <laughs> you think it was like a jamboree? Like, no, like, like uh, sometimes they play like, um, like you mentioned, like they play like a neutral site. I thought those four teams maybe were somewhere and then they were, had a day off and they were going to flip flop. If that's the case, shout out Ness for being smart. If not, yeah, yeah. listen. I might be highly regarded, but do those teams play on Friday? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ness, you got anything else you want to talk about? I know you had some technical difficulties during your Cabrini thing. You want to talk about that at all? What, what happened? What's the word? Yeah, I mean, listen, I don't want to disrespect Hampton, Sydney, but what an absolute fucking dog shit stream. Horrible. Um, the play-by-play guy did everything in his power to get me on. I was so excited. I had my notes. I had everything ready. I couldn't get connected. And then even just watching the normal live stream, it was, it was lagging for all 60 minutes. There was never a single second of the stream that was continuous. It was the worst viewing experience I've ever had. Hampton Sydney walked away with the win. Um, that fucking stings a lot. Um, we've never lost to them before Cabrini. Um, but you know, it's tough. Watching, watching those boys fights fun. I, the loss sucks, but they got 14 guys on their bench. So just to see them in game brings a big smile on my face. I know they don't give a fuck about being in games. They want to win them. Um, but at the same time, just as an alum, I got to tip my cap to those boys who are fighting. Uh, they got a big one this Saturday for all you D3 guys. Uh, I'll be there at Cabrini against Widener. Um, I'll be pouring beers all over my face and definitely going to catch a dub that day. So. We'll see. Rooting for you, kind of. 
Um, I actually Thank don't. You know. I, I, I like don't know. There's like a part of me like that actually just rooting for Cabrini. But there's like another part of me that's just like you know, if don't the see. wheels just fall off, like I, I'm I'm in the content business with you, Ness. Like sometimes losing is better content, and it uh, seeing. It's not, See, it's not I've never good. seen you broken. I've never seen you broken. Like if you, if if this te- if this season just broke you, listen, I'm... Dukes. There'll be no content of me to be had if I'm locked up in a jail cell. So let's get that out of the way. Season breaks, I break, and I snap, and then I'm and then I'm in cuffs, and and we're never gonna see Nest again. But. I'm not giving up ever, not, not until that final whistle blows. Also, for anyone out there listening, got verbal and video proof um, of Dugs, you know, confirming he will be in for Cabrini's last home game. That's uh, not even, like, confirmed, confirmed. For the thousandth time, no. I told you I have the half marathon on that Sunday. Exactly. The game's Friday. I have a, I have a, a picture of Dugs shaking my hand. Um, he's in, he might not be drinking. He's soft. Um, but I'm, he's there. He's in maybe the, the people want to see dudes at the game. They want to see you support your co-host. And how about, if how about like you bring me to like another game? Like, I I'm a definite maybe. All right. Well, that's uh, all right. We'll have to figure it out then. I'll have to get you down to Philly. That's another maybe. episode. That's another episode of the crease dive. You know, follow us on all socials. D's double zero GS, uh, Dukes basically everywhere. M Nestler 40 on Instagram. I think on Twitter as well. You can find him. He's all over. He's a wagon. He's killing it right now. He's on other platforms. He's with, he's with black sky Scotty. He's all over right now on max Twitter. The kids, are, the kids a weapon. Um, make sure you subscribe, follow the channels on rumble, YouTube, you know, follow us, subscribe on podcast platforms. Thank you for tuning in again. Go. Just quickest curse of the week of all time here. Uh, honorable mention, shout out our guest, McCade Millen. Three goals, three assists. Um, I'll be letting him know in his DM. He is first ever honorable mention uh, out of Virginia. Second honorable mention, Matt Brandau, Brando out of Yale. 13 points. Unbelievable performance. And for this week's winner of the curse of the week, we have Rob Pensabeni. Division two goalie of the week, hailing from Lenore Ryan. Uh, He's saving the ball at 68% a clip. He led in three goals last weekend. He's beaten three top 10 teams in a row. And you know it. He is a former Cabrini Cavalier. (laughs) I'll be sending him his Curse of the Week shirt. He got the shirts. I'll be sending them out to winners. They're royal blue for Cabrini. Let's have some fun. Shout out Universal Lacrosse for hooking me up with the shirts. And uh, shout out Dukes for always having me on here, baby. Crease dive rules. Like, subscribe, share, tell your friends. Thank you, Ness. Congrats to all the uh, honorable mentions or whatever. Um, congrats to Matt, Rob, Pensabani. Um Thanks again, guys. Like I said, subscribe, like, do all that shit. And we'll probably see you next week. Maybe not. Maybe so. Be lucky that you had this episode, though. Uh, <laughs> thanks, guys. Much love. Peace.